Hello, this is the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. I am Kyle Bird, and I'm joined by... Matt Parmley. What's up, Bird? Uh, not much. I, um... I'm all vaxxed up, uh, and I'm ready to not go anywhere because I don't really like going places. So. <laughs> You're like the one person that didn't need to get vaxxed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go to movies. That's like, a, that's all I, <laughs> that's the only place I ever went anyway. Um, what about you? Where's your, where's your vax? Man, I don't, I don't leave the house right now, like. I, I we don't even like go to the grocery store at this point. That's probably why you should get vaccinated, right? Uh, man, are you just not going uh, to? Are you one of them? No, I'm not one of them. Every time I've uh, actually my employer, they're like, "Hey, you can do vaccines on whatever day," but every day they've had them, I actually end up having like long ass meetings. So I was gonna say, don't you work for a company that literally has hundreds I, I and do. hundreds? Of vaccination appointments available at hundreds and hundreds of stores per day. <laughs> so this should this should be a lot easier Man, for I, you. I work I work eight to five, and if they want to like not put stuff on my calendar during those hours, I will leave the house <laughs> and maybe consider doing that. But all right, well. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, to introduce our our. Guest host, even I mean he's a regular fixture anyway. Uh we got Kevin, uh of Ma- of Mazer Patrol fame and fortune. I'm I'm still waiting on that fortune, but uh I'll I'll deal with the infamy. <laughs> Kevin, apparently to be on our podcast you have to show your vaccination card, so I just wanted to let you know that's a requirement going forward. I'm I'm all good on that front. So yeah, yeah. you were like one of the first ones out of our group to get it, weren't you? I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the key is if you're if you're looking for appointments, uh, look, uh, start looking at like two a.m. because that's when they drop new ones. So I um I found an app. And, well, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, this is like a weird tangent to start a podcast with, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it might help someone listening. I found an app called Find a Shot, which, like, you know, it refreshes like every like two minutes, and just like you can set a mile radius, and it'll tell you where appointments are within that radius. Um, but it'll it'll show you know anyone that that has them. Uh, what bird? Available. What bird doesn't so. know is he probably like had to give all of the information out to get it, and then he got a placebo shot. <laughs> <laughs> I got hey, I got my Vax card. I, I have proof. Uh, well, I'm glad that like so you got it what over the weekend, and you had like a day of kind of feeling like crap, and then you're pretty much back to your normal self, which is also crap, but not quite. As- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I uh, yeah, I got it Thursday or Thursday. What? Saturday evening, and then Sunday I felt like garbage. Yesterday I felt, I was at like 80%, and today I'm more at like, back to normal. I think the one that that you're, um, that you got is not being offered for Yeah, in certain places, (laughs) yeah. I got the Johnson & Johnson one, which... I get it, but you know, I feel like six out of 
Yeah, I think at this point, well, now nobody's going to be seven <laughs> over seven million, uh, and there were six people that had some kind of blood clotting, and so um, it's being uh, paused. I don't think it's being recalled. I think they just want to kind of figure out what exactly, you know, if there's any commonalities between these six people or and things like that before they they roll it out. I, they're just being extra cautious. I get it, but. You know, hopefully it doesn't slow down the actual vaccination rate. I don't think it should because it was only, you know, 30 million doses to begin with. So uh, I think there's more than 30 million people in the U.S. that are going to stomp their feet and say, no, we're not going to get it shots. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I feel I feel pretty much back to normal. Um so, yeah, but yeah, the only thing that I can think of that's like, oh, I can't wait to do that again is go to the movies. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, for people who somehow uh, pressed play and didn't read the episode title, uh, we're here to talk about <laughs> season one of Pacific Rim. This has been the sponsored Black. by Johnson & Johnson, by the way, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh pacific rum the black which came out i feel like it came out a year ago but <laughs> when, when was this was this march this last month oh yeah. my god this is only last month that, Jesus it Christ. does really feel like, like six <laughs> months ago at least <laughs> um uh and that is a netflix animated series um uh, that seems to be where um, Legendary <clears throat> Entertainment uh, send their franchises to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yes, Pacific Rim the Black. Uh, this is a co-production with uh, Japanese uh, studio Polygon. Oh, y'all remember Polygon. Um You'll see some familiar faces uh, if you uh, watch the credits, or maybe you won't see their faces. You'll just read their names and be like, "Hey, wasn't wasn't that the guy that worked on that other thing?" Right? Uh, yeah. So, well, to be fair, all the characters from this look interchangeable with Godzilla. Yeah, they literally have the same so. faces anyway. <laughs> uh, so yes, that's our favorite uh, character model recycling. Uh, uh, CG Anime Studio, um, who also co-produced the Godzilla Anime Trilogy. Um, and uh, this was announced a few years ago, I think 2018? Yeah, it was um, part of the big um, Uprising hype. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was around the time that Uprising was coming out, and it it, it, it was one of those things where, you know... I think they were just like, oh, we want to make Pacific Rim... Like, they were they were going to announce things to, like, trick people into thinking Pacific Rim was, like, a real franchise. And so they announced that there would be an animated series. We didn't know what it... If it was going to be... Like, we didn't know it was an anime, anything like that. And then, um... It was a, quite a while after that. Um, I think it was, like, two years or something like it wasn't till 2020 um or maybe late 2019 it was it was a while it was it when the the actual official announcement 
came out that said, hey, we're, this is going to come out, and it's going to come out um, at this time. Um, but yeah, they announced two seasons of an anime, and, and by the time that announcement came out, I don't, I don't think any of us even remembered that this was like a thing that was supposed to happen. And then after that, it was silent for a little bit longer, and then I think it was last fall... I think it was around the same time as the first Singular Point trailer that the, the first, like, clip or teaser or whatever for this came out. And um, we were all just like, can we watch that Singular Point teaser again? Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so Netflix announces all of their, um, I guess their slate of shows all at the same time. So that's when they were sort of going through the the whole roster and it just so happened that we were getting two kaiju things in the at the same time there but it was part of a big uh big sort of anime show where they were making a to-do about all the co-productions that were coming up so that's why it wasn't like legendary was waiting for the godzilla trailer and be like ah <coughs> yeah yeah that was just a I, an unfortunate matter of timing <laughs> because i watched the godzilla one was like this looks sweet and then i watched this one and i was like this looks yeah um uh anyway so yeah then i like the first trailer dropped in january or february um and uh what we learned from that trailer was the black is violence um (laughs) which is astoundingly tone deaf (laughs) Um, yeah they didn't think that through at all yeah, and then uh, March 4th, um, we had the first season, uh, which lasts seven episodes, um, come out on Netflix, and uh, I, I don't think anyone really had very high expectations, especially after Uprising and, you know, just how how that turned out um and uh i don't know that a whole lot of people watched this but um you know from what i'm seeing it seemed like kaiju fans kind of had a more favorable reaction to it than than not so uh where did we fall i mean that's what we're, we're gonna discuss um so uh We'll, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about what what the black is about. Um, so here we have. Uh, well, you know what? Since Kevin just rewatched it, and I only watched it once, like less like a month ago, but it seems like a year ago. I'm Kevin. Would you mind uh, humoring us with a brief uh, plot synopsis? Sure. So the whole series takes place in Australia, uh, which I, I guess is a, a major player in the in the Pacific Rim uh, universe for reasons. Um, and you have two siblings, uh, Haley and Taylor. And Taylor is a like pre cadet, basically in in the Pan Pacific. Uh, Defense Corps, and both of their parents are Jaeger pilots. Uh, so this is sometime after the the uprising, 
war and uh, kaiju are appearing all over Australia and basically they're told, okay, you've got to evacuate the whole continent because we're going to give up and nobody's going to come to rescue you. Uh, so their parents are fighting and decide, uh, okay, well, we're going to leave our kids here in this cave and we'll come back for them sometime later. Five years later, their parents still aren't back yet, and the kids uh, are sort of part of a part of a commune. But they discover that underneath the cave, there's a there's a an old training Jaeger because this was a, a, a facility for the Defense Corps. And when they activate the Jaeger, uh, a kaiju comes and kills all of their friends, and then the the two kids basically. Uh, Take the take the Jaeger out into the Badlands and uh, try to try to find their parents. So that's the that's the ten thousand mile view of of what the show is. It's, it's these two kids on the road, and then they meet a bunch of people along the way, rather Walking Dead style. Uh, I, I could go episode by episode, or we <laughs> I, th- I think we're good talk about plot points as they go. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think we're good. Um... But yeah, the 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 so yeah the our our main characters are Taylor and uh, Taylor Jesus Christ <laughs> Taylor and Haley are the are the two main characters. They're the brother and sister, um, and uh, so yeah, they're 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 left in um, the black, which yeah, that's basically an area that's been abandoned. Um, but I'm definitely going to struggle with names and, like, I don't remember, like, what's their Jaeger's name? <laughs> Atlas Destroyer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a training Jaeger. Um, but yeah, it it is very much kind of like, a, I don't know, like you brought up The Walking Dead, it's kind of like that kind of, uh, it's it's a road movie, but it's a show, kind of. Um, anyway, um, so what, what were some of your guys's, I guess, I guess we'll, this is only seven episodes, so, you know, I guess this is as good a time as any to just talk about our initial reactions and, and what may have, may or may not have worked for us. Um, so I don't know, Matt, quick, uh, what were your like initial, I guess, takeaways yeah, the, it's. I mean, it's a obviously short seven episodes. It the first two episodes, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it, um, but I, I think once you get to episode three, you can cut. There's a very clear villain, and that character Shane. Um, he's got this kind of foreboding presence, and you can, you can tell that he like once they get to the camp, which is called Bogan. Uh, you can tell that like, there's this not-so-great vibe happening, and there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And it kind of built up enough suspense and raised enough questions. And I'm like, okay, now, now I'm sold on it. I want to see how this plays out. And then Episode 5 happens. And um, at the end of Episode 5, there's a really, I think, just nice... It's, it's a very interesting moment that's kind of like, what, what the F just happened to this person? And it sets up shane to be this like not just villain but this very diabolical cruel kind of villain and that really won me over for the show 
Um, obviously, we know that because we only get seven episodes, like it kind of ends in a place that's not necessarily satisfying. Um, <laughs> I, like, that's kind of an understatement. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's like it's it's halfway done, basically, right? So, but it did enough to keep me interested. Like, I'm definitely looking forward to season two. Uh, you get, you know, you you get the hybrid monster mech thing that kind of shows up. Uh, you get this main kaiju that's called Copperhead that I actually really like. And, you know, we talked about, to the animation studio Polygon, but, like, as hard as I was on the Godzilla trilogy, the animation here, um, at least they had some variety in some of the character designs overall. Um, and while I don't like the very washed-out sort of feel this show has, just because of that's how Polygon does all their stuff, I liked the fights. Like, the, the monsters look nice. Um, like uh, there is, there is some nice action sequences. So, like it, from that standpoint, I, th- I thought it was pretty watchable, especially compared to what I didn't like about the Godzilla trilogy. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah. No, um, go ahead. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, Kevin, I'll, I'll get, let you give your first impressions next. So, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, so, I, I really like this series. I don't think that it's going to win over people that aren't already fans of Pacific Rim, but if you're not already a fan of Pacific Rim, why, what, what's... <laughs> yeah, what, why what's would you watch it? Feel? Why would you watch it? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I have some, I have some issues. I don't like uh, the animation itself a lot of the time because, again, Polygon Pictures. Uh, I, I do think that the the backgrounds are very nice uh, i think that it's more dynamic i think that it's more vibrant and that all works in its favor but the people that are saying that it's better animated i don't agree with that necessarily and i understand people's uh a lot of people just refuse to watch it because of the animation and i don't <laughs> fault them for that uh but i do think that the writing is really compelling uh and the goes in places that I wouldn't necessarily expect it to, and it brings a lot of new wrinkles to the Pacific Rim universe uh, with a tone that I appreciate that feels closer to the... closer in some ways to the original series than to... or to, to the original movie than to the sequel, so... I think that was like... You know, if we're... if I want to just kind of start with more positives, I think that was one of the thing that was probably the most refreshing was seeing that yeah it, it at least tonally and the way it 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 handles its own internal world building it did seem more like a fo- like it, it seemed more similar to to the first movie than uprising um but yeah i'm the with as far as things i liked um the characters are okay. Um, I don't find Haley or Taylor to be particularly interesting, although, you know, their dynamic can be interesting at, uh, at, at certain points. Um, uh, the, the character that really kind of won me over the more involved she gets, which is really like the last two episodes this season um was uh is it may yeah yeah she's kind of uh sort of 
adoptive daughter of Shane's and she ends up like tagging along with them. Um, she was probably the most interesting character, but you know, it is, if we're just talking about as, as a season, you know, they don't really get to do much interesting with her till, till the end. Um, the, I'm, I'm with you guys on, um, uh, I guess, kind of, I guess the, the, the writing in general seems, it at least seems like it cares about <laughs> trying to tell us about the characters, even if it's not always particularly successful. Um, surprisingly little variety as far as monsters go, um, like we have we have the copperhead which they tell us is a category 4 but is it just me or does he seem like really Gigantic. small no he he seems like i don't know he's, oh you know what i was thinking about that giant thing in the city the weird oh yeah no monster. that's not the copper copperhead is the one yeah, that copperhead's the other one the main monster yeah he's yeah. the one they keep running into but like and they say he's a category 4 but that's like the worst <laughs> like biggest monsters so it was I, I i i'm still not sure why he's a category four i mean his nickname was jaeger breaker so i feel like he's he's got some sort of a history behind <laughs> him well they should maybe show us because he's he seems like a kind like, of a little guy to me um and then other than that there's really not too much there's um like a kind of sea serpent creature that um we see little glimpses of in the third episode um and then uh it's we do get a like a bunch of monster fights but it's usually either the copperhead coming back or it's these other um kaiju with tentacles called acid quills um and it seems like anytime they need a kaiju fight they just like plug one of those in i don't know if it's just polygon being like cheap <laughs> like like usual or what but um for yeah for a pacific rim series i i was a little let down by the lack of variety in in the creatures um there's these like kaiju dogs called rippers um which is an interesting idea i'm not sure that they really do much too cool with them um and then yeah, there's the one that that Matt was talking about. You were talking about the guy that's like, it's kind of humanoid and like orangish. Yeah, there's like a. It's like he's like not he's like not an asshole. Like he helps the characters and stuff. Yeah, and, and Kevin, you just watched this, but I, they don't they don't really say much about that thing. It's just like he sort of exists and he's clearly the like a a mech yeah that from the from the uh, uprising but like not evil yeah the the basically all of the when the the drone jaegers were destroyed in, in uprising for whatever reason this one wasn't and it just like gained its own self-awareness and it's just been going around like eating other kaiju because that's what it does so did they say that's where that's from i don't even remember yeah. Okay. So they gave it a did they give it a name? Yeah, it's called Apex. Okay. Yeah. Um uh so yeah, that that's kind of 
I guess an interesting. I mean, we'll we'll see if they utilize that more. The the, the reason, well, part of the reason this is kind of a, at least for me, going to be kind of a hard season to talk about is like I mentioned that there it was a two season order, but it really feels like they made se- like two seasons and then just like cut it straight down the middle. So like the end of season seven, which is the last episode of the season, it just feels like any other episode. And so it's not really, like, giving any conclusion to anything. It's just like, oh, this is another episode that's ended. Um, I guess we do get the reveal of uh, the the twist, which, I mean, I guess... I, I don't Spoilers! Know. Yeah, yeah. We, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People should know by now that when we do reviews, so, we do we, we do case, spoilers. We, we've, been, we've been tiptoeing around a couple things. At least I did initially, so we can talk about those now, I guess. yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen it and you care about, you know, the spoilers, I mean, go watch it or whatever and then pick up here. But um, the twist is that this kid that they just named Boy that they they found um, and all this time, you know, they found him like in the 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 lab of uh, the PM, the PR, PRDC. Is that it? uh ppdc right yeah 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 that's right um and yeah the whole time you're like hey why was this kid uh in a lab um but yeah it turns out he um uh can turn himself into a kaiju a giant kaiju so uh boy is actually a kaiju and i'm sure we're going to learn that he's some kind of genetic experiment or something um and i am assuming that we're gonna get more of that in uh the next season um you know for me the white elephant or the the white elephant that's like a gift exchange um (laughs) (laughs) for me the elephant in the room is shane the the villain who who we meet in episode three, and we, we're stuck with him for a couple episodes. Um, and I just hated this character. Not as in, like, oh, he's such a mean, bad person. Like, I just, it, it, as a villain, I just never... Like, I don't really understand how he has control of this whole community. I don't understand why anyone listens to him. I don't understand why anyone's really threatened by him. Um, and Did you not see episode five? <laughs> well, answer my... Well, I mean, like I said, I, I only watched this once, and it was not too long ago. <laughs> but but what, what did episode five tell us about him that... I mean, uh, okay, so... I'm not defending Shane as like a, a super intelligent villain or anything like that, but it seems pretty clear that he's 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 very much manipulating people. His relationship with Mai is implied to be incredible. I mean, he basically quote unquote rescued her. And Kevin, there's like a flashback scene, I think. But like, yeah, do you remember what what's in that flashback scene specifically, where they like they show her getting like sort of rescued? So. In the drift, when you see her memories, uh, she's like a little girl, and then uh, he hands her a gun and has her go out and like start shooting people or something along those lines. And the idea is that 
uh, he's he's rescued her off the street and raised her to be like a super badass warrior. Um, but then later in the series, you see like another flashback where she's like with her family, and then Shane just like walks into the restaurant and uh, that they're in, and sort of like the implication is that he just snatched her off the street, which is what Joel says happened. But her memories are a mess because apparently he was using drifting technology to basically rewrite her memories and yeah. make her into what he wanted her to be so yeah like he's he's behind the scenes manipulating people that doesn't answer that any it, of my questions by the way yeah i i think the implication <laughs> is that he's he's really ruthless and that intimidates uh, a lot of people uh into following what he has to say um he is kind of an impatient dolt though if you think about like the way that he burns through resources in the course of the series seems unsustainable. Well, and, and also, like, he doesn't seem to have a lot of people on his side that like him or even feel loyal to him, but they just, like, do what he says just, like, because... Like, I'll give you an example. I'm a, I'm a big fan of gangster movies. Usually, there's a central character in a gangster film of a mob boss whether it's Mafia, Yakuza, whatever. But through the course of the storytelling, usually in the first act, you learn why this person is able to have such a command on this criminal underworld. And we don't get, any, we don't get anything about him to really tell us that. It, it's just kind of, he's powerful because the, the, the show tells you he's powerful kind of thing. We, you know, we, we really don't get to see... We get, like, one interaction with the, the him and the, the guy with... What is it? The eggs? Yeah. You know, but that the guy that he's dealing with is really just kind of, like, a flunky. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we, we don't get too much of an insight into the relationship he has with the people around him. Um, or, I mean, even to bring up a comparison that Kevin brought up brought up earlier walking you think the walking dead granted i haven't watched the show in a few years but i remember a lot from when i did watch it you know the governor you know the first episode that we see the governor we we understand why he and wh why and how he's able to be this kind of force that he is we understand that even though he's a bad guy that does bad things we understand that he also maybe does good things for certain people and how he bends people, you know, to do what he wants. And through the course of this series, we, we don't get that kind of, you know, characterization from Shane. He's just kind of like the mustache twirling control freak. I think you get some of that villain. with him and my, like we're talking about a guy that well, you, Kevin brought up the, the idea of drift technology, which is actually pretty interesting. He can, essentially use the the drift technology to read your mind but also manipulate your memories and like there is a sense of control and with Mai there's actually uh, she feels indebted to him but she also realizes that he's not he's not great it's a very like textbook abusive manipulative sort of relationship where she was essentially kidnapped but now she, and now she does what he says but she's also not even sure like why she does everything that she does and she's very conflicted by it so I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that we don't get any characterization. You're not wrong that we don't see it across the board, but like he's very clearly enforcer. People 
listen to everything he says out of fear. Now, whether or not that works for you, like I, <laughs> I mean, just don't know why anyone minutes, would be afraid of him. <laughs> he blows the dude's head yeah. off and like episode, like literally blows the guy's face up on purpose. And is, everyone like, around him is loaded with uh, with guns. Well, okay, and I have no reason to 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 believe that they like him or care about what he. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have any relationship to. I, I get what you're, what you're saying. But it I think it also establishes that most of the, most of the goons under him are really dumb. <laughs> yeah, like they're. That's, that's they why are. none of them can drift. Is that they're all like ha- mentally deficient or something, right? So. Yeah, it does actually. There's a whole sequence about like they're trying to find somebody with drift compatibility, but they're all like incredibly stupid. I'm not saying that in in the defense. I'm just saying like it it does do some of that. It doesn't do it to the extent that maybe it should. I but hate like him. I didn't have as big of an issue that you had with it. He's the worst. No, <laughs> he's not. He's not the worst. Okay, so so let me let me tell you the moment the show sort of won me over actually, or that like I was like okay, I, I'm at the end of episode five. There's a there's a guy named Joel that you've been following and he's sort of helping um, our like Taylor and everybody escape. And he's, and uh, Shane uses the walkie talkie to call them up, realizing that they're, they're obviously gone. And he's trying to communicate with Mai, and he's like, Hey, is Mai there? And he says, yeah, but she doesn't want to talk to you. And then he says, well, tell her this. And he presses a button and basically the walkie talkie was rigged as a bomb and it blows him up. And I actually thought that was like, okay, this is a pretty, like it was a nice twist moment. I thought it was. It, it, it sort of just portrays again how awful Shane is, um, and then also the th- the idea that like the precursors, you know, the villains from this universe have now created humans that are actually kaiju. Pretty neat, and pretty neat concept that I think is again the way that episode seven ends. You realize, like, okay, there's humans that are now kaiju, and I thought that was a nice twist. And again, I wish we got to see more of that. But it set set it up in a way that, like, it sold me on the show. I want to see it return. I wanted to see where that concept goes further. It also explains, you know, why they found the kid in the, you know, the lab or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um... I was also wondering we you know we didn't really talk about how um the 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 training Jaeger has like its own advanced AI system what is it loa is it yeah um and I just thought it was strange that the training Jaeger has this advanced AI system but the regular ones don't um and yeah loa is like that's like its own character like that will have He's snarky yeah yeah <laughs> I think that that makes sense, and I, the, the implication is that like their uh, their parents Jaeger also has its its own AI because there's a, a whole bit where uh, Haley is like trying to, to boot that up in order to, to arm the the weapon towards the end. Um, so I I don't have a have an issue with that being inconsistent with anything we've seen before. Um, this is a couple years after. The last Pacific Rim. Yeah, we 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 see a flashback actually to I guess an event between Uprising and this where where we see uh, the last stand of Herc Hansen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we see him get killed in a battle. Um, 
<clears throat> we we also in this I don't know this also kind of goes back to some things just writing wise like um uh you know the girl uh Haley is very like she basically blames herself for their community being wiped out at the beginning of the series um by Copperhead uh and for some reason um in the last battle with Copperhead she's not even like she's she's not in the robot like i feel like it would have made more sense for that character to be the one to actually be in, more involved in that in that battle you know she's boot, boots on the ground she, she launches the missile that blows him up <laughs> well it's way cooler to be in a in in the robot <laughs> she's in the other robot <laughs> Bird, bird's out of control tonight, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing. Well, I mean, she called. She, uh, it, it just it doesn't feel like she really got much catharsis out of it. I mean, she she caused her colony to be killed, and then you know she didn't get the kind of revenge that I think is really that satisfying narratively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess she could have been like all. Oh, Watashi no Kazuku no Tamini or whatever, but you know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> the, the for my family line. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's like a meme <clears throat> at this point, but <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> um. Yeah, I I didn't really. We talked about the nerd guy Joel. I didn't really like him either. So like, yeah, he's, when his head fine. blew up, I was just like, I like him. <laughs> he's. Not, I mean, I, one thing I will say, I guess, on the more negative side, and maybe to Bird's point, like the first two episodes felt kind of rushed. Like, I know they were giving us some of the necessary backstory, and you see the parents, and the parents are obviously going to go out and sacrifice themselves and die and whatnot. But like. The village that gets destroyed and decimated, I, I, I feel like they could have spent more time setting that up so that like when they show the aftermath of the monster attack and there's a lot of lamenting and you know the, the kids blaming themselves for that, I, I, that should have been handled in a way that like you actually cared about those characters and like I didn't care because we didn't know any of them. We spent like five minutes with them and then they're gone. Like I, you could have done without that whole bit and just kind of focus on the loss of the family and told the same story. Um, but like that's initially that part of the show. I'm kind of like, eh, it's fine. And as it picked up again, this is an incomplete story. Like it, it did just enough to keep me interested. I like Pacific Rim anyway. So by the time you get to the end, I'm like, well, they're introducing some new concepts. I actually think May is a pretty unique and interesting character. She's got, a lot of baggage that she's fighting through and carrying with her. And I, I feel like her dynamic with Shane is kind of what sold me on the show because I want to see how that plays out more than the brother and the sister. So I, I totally disagree about the, uh, the colony at the beginning because, you know, while we don't spend a whole lot of time with them, we see a whole lot of, we get to little glimpses of, you know, there's the one girl that's sort of flirting with uh, Taylor you have Haley and her friend hanging out. Uh, you have the group that's like going on an, an expedition out to to look for for other people and sort of their whole thing about their s- stealing food and 
I was I was surprised that you know it spent as long as it did setting up these characters and then just kill them all off. So, but it's the uh, maybe I'm a sucker that way. That's the Paul W S Anderson uh, method. <laughs> <laughs> Set up a whole group of characters, kill them, and <laughs> set up more characters. Um, it also does something that uprising is kind of guilty of and that it takes something from the original pacific rim and does like a really kind of weird like retcon on it and i'm 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 speaking more specifically of there's a part where they're like near a breach and they like basically fall through it but like the first pacific rim tells us that you can't get past the entrance you can't get into a breach without you can't get into one without tricking it into thinking that you're a kaiju, which is, like, the whole plot of the first movie. And then this one is just, like, a hole that you can, like, fall into, I guess. It's still not as bad as the retcon in Uprising, where it turns out that all the, <laughs> all the monsters just want to head immediately to Mount Fuji to suicide bomb themselves. <laughs> yeah, that, that one wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Although the breaches are behave differently because they seem to pop up and, and disappear and they're all over the place so yeah there's not really any like defined central location for them which i think the movies kind of establish a little bit better well the first movie does. yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> um But yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's me getting in, into, you know, a little bit more of the nitpicky things. Um, it is, it's also weird that we've had, you know, I mean, this is a sequel still. So, like, counting this, like, we've had two Pacific Rim sequels, neither of which use the Pacific Rim theme, which is crazy, because, like... That yeah. theme is, like, just instantly, like, iconic. <laughs> you know, it, it's super recognizable, it's super hummable, like, it's one of the better movie th themes, you know, I don't know, in a while. Like, there's very few modern movie themes that, like, off the top of my head, I would be able to, like, hum. Like, it's like Pacific Rim and, like, The Avengers. So, it's, it, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the hesitance is to use well the, maybe use that because that theme is is tied specifically to gypsy danger well, i suppose <laughs> d does gypsy uh, <laughs> uh gypsy well, i don't even remember the variant <laughs> name from uprising gypsy avenger gypsy sure let's go with that one yeah <laughs> I think that's that's correct we're not allowed to say that word anyway anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's for the best. I do like the music in the series. I, I think, well, Brandon Campbell was um, actually a collaborator with, um, uh, I'm going to butcher the name of the <laughs> composer in the first movie, so I won't try. Um, but uh, Ramin Jawadi? I, I don't know. That's the best yeah. I can do. He's pretty awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they were 
like the themes in this like if you were to tell me that it was the same person working on it i would not be like oh that's impossible because it's he's he's doing a, a decent impression of the of the sort of like you know again not the main theme but sort of some of the incidental music like using similar in- instrumentation and what, whatnot and i'm not a music connoisseur but from from a layman's point of view at least <clears throat> yeah the i don't really remember the music but i also don't, I don't remember either, thinking actually. like oh this is bad you know like which i have thought <laughs> at <laughs> <laughs> when watching other things um uh and i don't know if we've uh we've kind of talked about um uh the well matt mentioned it the the plot device of the guy is like basically like scrambling people's brains with the the drift or whatever um but that that is another one of those ideas that like Again, this is a very hard season to talk about, so if it sounds like I'm stumbling over things, I I am, because there's no way to really, like, with a lot of these ideas that I really like, at least my opinion, is that, like, it's very hard to judge them um, without seeing what the next season has, because... It they just feel this, half, like they're half complete, basically. Yeah, like they, it's 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 just they're they're two pieces of one thing. Like the the when you get to the end of this, you're not watching an end of a season. You're just watching like another episode. So like, yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna do anything more from more with that. But my hope would be that we would get to see more things like that. I I think that are, that's. Are you talking about the? the damage that Taylor has from solo piloting, or are you talking about Joel frying his brain? Uh, I'm talking more about, yeah, him, him using the, I guess, yeah, the, the, the helmet, but you could, I could, you could even like, I guess what I'm trying to say in so many words is the idea of using the, the drift technology in ways that it's not meant to be used um, that's the, that's the kind of, I guess, uh, that's the kind of, I don't know if I want to say world building, but it's, it's the kind of thing that I wish Uprising did was kind of expand on a lot of the ideas put forward in the first movie because there's so much mythology packed into that. And yeah, I know they get into that a little bit with, uh, what is it, Newt, like, basically, like, being taken over by, by a kaiju brain, but... Um, but I think what I liked about this is that it, it kind of brings it to almost like a street level. Um, like I, I talked about how I don't really like any of the Bogan stuff, but I think that the, the coolest thing about that is seeing how basically these like petty criminals have used this technology in ways that it was not made for. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Like all of the all of the inventive use of, of various drift things, from the interrogation scene to uh, 
what happens when somebody attempts to drift over and over and over just to see who they're compatible with uh, to the whole uh, drifting with a with a an, a memory recording uh, that's all cool new things and it, it feels a lot like the writers are just kind of saying well what if we did this well what if we did that you know it's kind of um, trying to trying to play new riffs on on the ideas that we've already seen established yeah I and I wish I, I mean that's just another way, way that I think that this I don't know, seems like a more, like, it seems like more of a follow-up to what the first movie was doing, because Uprising just kind of, like, it just comes in and throws so much stuff at your face, like a mile a minute, um, and, you know, so much of Uprising is also, like, the actual Uprising is basically what everyone thought the first movie was, which was, uh, a rip off of Evangelion, you know, with the, the mass produced Evas and stuff. So, you know, I guess getting, getting into this where even if it's not the best, it's giving, it's, it's not giving us stuff that we've seen a million times, which sounds weird to say about Pacific Rim. Um, because yes, I understand. Yes. Even the first Pacific Rim is very trope heavy, but I just, I guess I just mean like, within the context of the universe that is established in this franchise. Yeah. There's not a, you know, like you were saying trope heaviness, uh, there's not a whole lot of callbacks that are explicit. Uh, like you see in, in both of the movies, really the only, the only major thing was, you know, made dressing up like area that I noticed. Uh, but you don't have them like walk by a Gundam statue or have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> die on the screen behind them or something like that. Yeah, which again, that's those are things that the first Pacific Rim like. It was very intentionally trying not to do whether I, whether it managed to do all that successfully is whatever. But I, I know that there's a, a, a goal to really try not to be meta about things like that. And then, yeah, Uprising just kind of did it anyway. Um, so, Kevin, you're an anime guy. Uh, as far as behind-the-scenes folks go, um... Well, I guess, I don't know if we mentioned yet, um, the series uh, showrunners are Craig Kyle and Greg Johnson, both who are, I think, really well-known for working on different Marvel things. Um, Craig Kyle is kind of an established name. He's written a lot of comic books. He created the character of uh, X-23, um, and him and Greg Johnson have, have done a lot of things together like X-Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X-Men and a lot of animated Marvel stuff. But uh, on the Japanese end, uh, are there any notable um, people that we should be sure to mention? Uh, not, not really in terms of standing out separately from sort of the the bulk of the of the polygon picture staff but yeah like i was gonna you... say as far as like directors and stuff go <clears throat> it looks like it's mostly polygon guys and you know the people that you would expect um, yeah i mean it's 
the the supervising uh, director uh, Hiroyuki Hayashi uh, doesn't have anything else listed on Anime News Network's encyclopedia, which is like I don't know what that means. <laughs> if uh, if maybe he's misfiled or uh, if if he has some other experience that we're just not uh, aware of. There, you said Hiroki Hayashi, right? Uh, yeah, Hiro- okay, Hiro- yeah, Hiro- yeah, I see. Well, on IMDb, he's got a lot of a lot of bubblegum crisis <laughs> stuff, um, and then like some odds and ends here and there. Um, he wrote a series called Black Heaven, but yeah, I mean, Maybe. regardless, not 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 too prolific. This f- yeah, story. I'm I'm wondering if that might be a different Hiroyuki Hayashi though. Maybe IMDb is so bad with like mixing up Japanese names and stuff. Like it's it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best for that. But then yeah, you you are right when you get into like the individual episode directors, you see a lot of familiar credits like um Knights of Sidonia and and um stuff like that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, you see, you know, Ajin and uh, Drifting Dragons and, um, you know, certain certain Godzilla movies that <laughs> might be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things when people talk about, like, oh, the, the animation in this is so much better than it is in the Godzilla anime films. It's like, no, it's, it's not. I saw some, <laughs> you know, I saw some people say that and, like, to me, it looks like it looks the same. Like, like, like I said, I think it's more colorful and it's more yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, uh, and I also think that. Um, well, granted, the Godzilla anime <laughs> has more like otherworldly lo- locations because you know it's either outer space or an earth that is thousands of years in the future or whatever. I think Pacific Rim has a more varied, um, more varied locations. Like you get a lot of stuff yeah. in the city, you get like these ab- abandoned labs and the desert and, you know, the, the countryside. So that I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if people are just seeing that there's, I guess an opportunity for different, visual aesthetics and, and the, i don't know but i don't know yeah i mean the actual animation and, and things like that um the character I, movement character designs it all looks the same <laughs> as the godzilla films uh well the the backgrounds are gorgeous in the pacific rim series but uh you know the character movement is what i think of as as animation there and yeah yeah. And, and the character character modeling. Um, you know, in terms of designs, I think that the designs are um, are fine. They're they're a little bit more varied. Um, actually, they are a lot more varied than than you see. Well, because the Godzilla anime movies are frankly kind of an extension of that Tsutome Nihei thing that Polygon was previously doing with Knights of Sidonia and um and blam where everybody's sort of like on a spaceship and they have all the same outfits and Mm -hmm, so on and so forth. And you get, you get more variety with the the character designs in Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, in terms of, in terms of actual animation quality, 
I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the actual animation is... No, it looks the same to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, visually, I, I mean, just in terms of, I guess, the different locales and, and stuff like that, like, uh, you know, I, in in a matter of a couple episodes, you get, like, a city destruction sequence, then you get people walking around the desert, and then, you know, you get people wandering around in a city, or you get people underwater, or you get... You get a lot more, I guess, bang for your buck <laughs> in terms of, you know... I think this being a road kind of story kind of opens that up a little bit more, whereas... Godzilla, you know, you're stuck on a shitty planet or you're in space. Yeah, and, and every uh, every episode has some big action set piece, which is uh, nice if you're if you're watching it episode by episode. Um, so, I I think there's one episode that doesn't actually have kaiju in it. It just has you know sort of a, a Jaeger. Jaeger breakout, but um, generally speaking, you, you're going to have something exciting happen uh, once per episode, so that'll kind of keep the uh, momentum rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably the 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 second episode there in Bogan that is pro- I would guess is the one that doesn't have a whole lot going on. Because they're that's just them like stuck there. They don't escape until later. Yeah, the well, the the second episode that they're in Bogan, that's when they have the second fight with Copperhead and the arm gets torn off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep. And that's why. And that's why uh, Shane is just like, ah, I gotta gotta kill him now. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty good, Kevin. Um. Yeah, I, I I guess overall I like the first two episodes grabbed me pretty decently and then the Bogan stuff is where it loses me, but the last two episodes I know I kind of like nitpicked a, a few things here and there. The last two episodes I thought were really solid. Um, you know, especially once May joins their group. Um, the scene where they all like are hanging out in that that bar and they they dance like that's actually like a really good scene as far as like character moments go it might be one of the best in the series i don't know if anyone else has any particular feelings about that scene but that's when like i was like oh wait this it's like remembering to be a real show now kind of that's kind of of for me yeah no objections with that <clears throat> and and that's when I was like, okay, like May is actually like, you know, there's actually something to her as a person instead of being, you know, I mean, it 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 does get into tropiness when you have, I guess, that character with you know Shane, more or less a father figure, um, and you know a a kind of tough on the outside, soft on the inside, female protagonist. But but that's when I, I kind of at least saw the first opportunity that maybe they could, like, try to, like, I don't know, do do more with her. And that's when I was like, okay, I actually think I, 
am going to really like this character. Um, but then, of course, there's only, like, what, one episode? Or maybe even a half episode? I don't remember which episode. I think that, it's like a half. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember if that's the last episode <laughs> or the one before that. And then the season ends, and you're like, huh, well, I was actually, like, just starting to enjoy myself, <laughs> and then it ends. Yeah, there are there are some interesting things, uh, little little bits here and there uh, that you know I picked up on going back through the second time. You know, like when uh, May refuses to to be the one to drift with Joel, uh, how quick uh, Shane is to agree that oh no she shouldn't be drifting, and like okay, now that you know that he's been messing with her head and that makes sense why he doesn't want anyone drifting with her and things like that. Okay, yeah. I was wondering if stuff like that would, I guess, make a little more sense on a, on a rewatch. <clears throat> Although I feel like when this, whenever season two comes out, I'll, I, don't, I don't see myself rewatching all of this. I'll probably rewatch like the last episode or something. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what the what the schedule is for this. Um, I kind of suspect that this might be one of those you know quote seasons end quote where they had the whole thing ready to go and they arbitrarily split it up into two batches of episodes. I feel like it had like and I I like I don't know. It, I mean, none of us know for sure, but just watching it, like I can't imagine it being any other way. Like, and, you know, and I don't know why. I mean, did they say, okay, we want to do two seasons, and then they decided, like, oh, well, we just wrote one big story, so, you know, to fulfill the two-season order, we'll just cut it in. I don't know why, but I definitely think you're onto something, and I, I, I can't see there being any other reason for this season to really end the way that it does. Yeah, and I mean they're they're teasing a, a second season very early on, uh, considering that you know, like we said, it ended the the th- thing dropped last month, and they're already if if you watch it on Netflix now, the end is like season two is coming soon. Like, yeah, and then they they like <laughs> they put like a, a teaser image on the Facebook page that was like season two coming. Does it say when? <laughs> They they never say when. Yeah. The last update online says 2022, but I don't see any specific dates tied to it. Well, if it is going to be 2022, my guess is it's going to be for early 20. Like it's going to be the first quarter of 2022. This one this one came out March 4th. I don't see I don't see this one coming. I see this one coming out January February. But I don't know what else Netflix has. I mean, Netflix is always crazy with this stuff. I mean, their most watched anime of 2019 was Ultraman, and then they're like, yeah, season two, and then... They just disappeared and forgot about it. (laughs) Did they even make it? What what is it? What is going on with that? I I have no idea. There there should be enough source material for a second season. Maybe they're like, oh, we want to have a third season, or... Maybe it's a one of those dealers where, yeah, they're running into some other difficulties. Who knows? Yeah. I don't they're know. They're very tight-lipped about that sort of thing. So, in other words, uh, we'll get uh, 
Kong in three years from now? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, looking at the at the development cycle for for Pacific Rim: The Black, it very well could be yeah. <laughs> that where you know they they announce this stuff to investors and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But yeah, then, by 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 the time we get to the the Kong series, we'll have like two other janky BKN Kong cartoons to watch before we get the real one. Please, no more. I can't, <laughs> I can't take any more of <laughs> I would not be surprised with that. <laughs> um, well, I guess this the I guess the Kong ones co-produced with the the Castlevania guys. I don't know. Do they do they do they tend to work faster or? Uh, on Castlevania, they they do. I mean, keep in mind the first season of Castlevania was only four episodes, but uh, they've been relatively at a good clip with uh, with those coming out. So. Yeah, I I saw. Is season three out? Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw something for that, and I was like, wait, like didn't season two just come out? I don't. Another one that it seems like there's a new season like every month is the the Jurassic World one. Like they're they're on season season three is about to come out I think. Hmm. Yeah, I I also wonder if that was one where they just had a had a full order ready to go and they decided yeah. to split up into into smaller sub seasons. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm learning more and more that the term season doesn't really mean anything. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean Attack on Titan didn't didn't show us that recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Falcon and Winter Soldier just put out a mid-season trailer, trailer? even though yeah. they're even though they're four episodes out of six in, and it's only six episodes anyway. So I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to understand. I is this some? Is I don't know. Is this a marketing thing? Do they think this makes it more like appealing to just confuse people? Or maybe how, how well is Falcon and Winter Soldier doing in the ratings or maybe they're just trying to uh, I know the first episode topped WandaVision and WandaVision was pretty big so I don't know streaming services are always so weird with that stuff too like they, there's, they never divulge real viewership or you know yeah you, you gotta get it from like third party like yeah that, well that and that's why it's always like hard like, I know Netflix has, like, you sign on, it's like, here's the top ten watched things, and it's like, okay. But I know there's, like, no numbers that you can, like, look up. And same with HBO Max. Like, I'm seeing these things that are like, Godzilla vs. Kong beats Justice League and uh, Wonder Woman in streaming views. And it's like, says who? And then, like, you go to these articles, and it says, like, data obtained by a source... <laughs> And it's like <laughs> it's like okay i i don't know how how much i can like somebody somebody was looking at twitter hashtags and trying to make it sound like they were being really meticulous yeah so yeah so it's it's just it's always a mystery how these things work and you know i i think eventually they'll have to be more uh transparent with it since you know streaming definitely isn't going away uh but anyway, 
that's neither here nor there. Um, and is is there anything else that um, we want to talk about in of of the black? Uh, I have seen a lot of people say like, "Oh, this is this is so like humorless and 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 grim and whatever." And like, yeah, it does have some like dark turns in it. But uh, the people saying that like it doesn't have any any humor in it at all, I have to disagree with because I think that there's there's definitely like light touches here and there. Is, um, is that like a thing with kaiju fan? Because like, I always hear people say like. Um, like the Gamera trilogy or Shin Godzilla, like I've I've seen people call them like grim dark and stuff, and it's like both like those things all have a lot of humor in them. Like even Gamera yeah. three has a lot of humor in it. Like I, I I don't think of it as like super a super dark and gritty thing. I, I guess it's more adult in its storytelling and and you know it's. Seems like it's not made for like little little kids, but I don't equate that with it being like dark. I would say this is the same. I, I mean, I I think anyone, you know, anyone, geez, twelve or up would probably be able to watch this and not be bored with it. Yeah, and you know, it's in terms of. Like it's it's not as goofy as Uprising, but you know if if you were like oh haha goofy scientist in the original Pacific Rim, there's there's a goofy scientist in in this also who has you know his 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 one liners and granted he he dies terribly, but for the <laughs> around, yeah he's he's quirky gets to have zingers and you know it's similar stuff with some of the other little little pieces here and there well, well the the whole purpose of loa the ai well there's two one is exposition and the other is jokes yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's a it's a sassy computer I, yeah i think people confuse like the the whole grimdark thing and serious storytelling as being like one and the same I, I don't know. I don't. It didn't come. This doesn't come across as joy, joyless as some of the Snyderverse stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, it would be like I would. I would say this is probably no darker or more grim than something like, um, you know, Winter Captain America Winter Soldier or some or Civil War or something like that. You know, like the Captain America movies are a little more serious than say like Guardians of the Galaxy, but like. They're still pretty light, like kind of adventure stories. Yeah, in terms of like what I would be missing from the original Pacific Rim, I think the biggest thing for me is the uh, thematic coloring, where you know you have you know certain elements are associated with red or with blue or with mm-hmm. whatever yeah. in the original Pacific Rim. You don't really get that here it's just kind of colorful throughout but you don't have the associations um the the element that struck me as the most sort of like hmm, that feels like a weird little del toro flourish is one of shane's henchman spider is this like little person in a gas mask that (laughs) (laughs) just sits at a computer and like blows stuff up yeah (laughs) what's that guy's deal (laughs) yeah we don't 
he says to the computer and blows stuff up. Like that's his, <laughs> like that's his deal. <laughs> I forgot all about that guy. But yeah, no, How that guy's you? awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I kind of wish there was a little more connective tissue between, like, the first movie. But then I also, like, I mean, this is a while into the future, you know, and, you know, like, I, but, like, we still don't know where Raleigh Beckett is. Just, uh, uh he, well, I know, <laughs> and according to the novelization, yeah, isn't he dead according to the, no- <laughs> the novelization? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, I don't know, um, but I, you know, it was, I guess, I guess it was kind of cool to see, you know, uh, Herc Hansen, even though he dies horribly also (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's a shout out to yamarashi which i mean you know i feel like that's one of those things that if you're not uh died in the wool pacific rim fan it's gonna go like right over your head so (laughs) i okay you're gonna have to help me out there (laughs) see oh so so it was the um when newt meets raleigh he has the tattoo. He's like, oh, oh that's okay. It's the monster yeah. on, the, on his uh, on the on his sleeve. Yeah, and then in in the black, there's the bit where um, Taylor's having a bad time, and he's like, oh, those brothers, they, we we they fought together when we took down Yamarashi, and uh, the AI is like, oh, that's that's not your memory. You're having Herc's memories right now. Ah, uh, well, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah, I I didn't remember that thing's name at all so yeah little little things like that like i i feel like it's a a catnip for the the hardcore fans (laughs) no i mean yeah stuff like that is those are the kinds of um references or easter eggs that like are better because if you don't know what it is it won't matter if you do you're like oh that's kind of cool you know like it's not like here's an oxygen destroyer, and then anyone that hasn't seen Godzilla <laughs> is like, I don't know what that means, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I don't want to judge too much one way or the other, just because it just seems so incomplete. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, do you guys want to do ratings? Yeah. Okay, so, it's, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three for now. If the next season really pays off all the stuff from this season, that could shoot to a four or higher. If the next season doesn't, I could see it falling... Eh, I don't. I could see it falling maybe to like a two and a half, but I'm gonna give it a three. Like, it's it's this. It's bookended by stuff I really like, which is the setup and the last two episodes, and then the Bogan stuff. I don't know. There's about three episodes of Bogan, and I don't know if you condense that into one or even two. Like, you know. Ch- put that into two episodes i'm fine that extra episode like 
I was really starting to lose interest. But once they left Bogan, it was good again. So Bogan sucks. More like bogus. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a three, and I would be happy to reevaluate that rating um, dependent on how the next season goes. It's definitely a step in the right direction after Uprising. And, you know, with Pacific Rim already being like a really niche inside a niche, I don't know, fandom, but audience, um, I wouldn't count on there being anything after the next, the next season, or should I say half season. Um, and so if this is the way we're going to go out, it's better than going out where we were. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes because I see a lot of potential here. Um, but yeah, it's just cutting this season and just ending it on an episode that just doesn't resolve anything. I mean, like if anyone watching it that didn't know better, well, I guess now they have the little disclaimer at the end. But anyone that before they added that that watched this would have like and not known that there was going to be another season would probably feel like their time was wasted. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I don't so know. I mean, people might want to actually wait and watch them both together. I don't know, but I, but I'm going to give it a three just um, to see where it goes. I don't know how anyone would get to the to the end and not feel that it's that it's a, a cliffhanger, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I would hope no one like would ever end a season of anything that way. Without well, that was, you know, this is a weird, weird conclusion. Something about the kaiju messiah. They don't find their parents. Uh, it's eh, not the ending <laughs> I was hoping for, but good enough. <laughs> Kevin, what are you, what are your uh, what's your rating? Uh, so I. I had a had a blast. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I will dock it a little bit for uh, that that Polygon Pictures animation again. Um, but all in all, I'm going to give it a uh, four suspicious vials of kaiju milk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, not my, actually my... milk, right? Yeah, but it is from a kaiju. <laughs> I'm actually very similar to Bird in that, like, I, I like this show, but there are, it has a lot of potential. We talked about all the really, I think, unique and interesting ideas that if you, if they end up going somewhere and they pay them off, then I think there's a really strong potential for me to love this show. Um, but as it is, in, you know, what seems to be kind of a 50% finished form and not a complete story, I'm at a three, but like, it's a recommended three. I, I don't say that as like a knock on it. I think it's, something that anybody listening to our show would probably, if you give it a shot, you'll enjoy it. Um, and there's just enough there that like, I'm very excited to see where the story progresses from here. Yeah. And I mean, uh, anyone listening to this and feeling like, wow, they're kind of struggling through this one a little bit. Like if, if you watch it, you'll know why it's hard to talk <laughs> about. Like just because it's, it's like, it's like it's like reviewing a movie it, that you press pause and never finish. You know, like it, it's, it's it's like we don't know where so many things are going to end up. It's it's kind of similar to the place I was speaking of Polygon. Um 
when we did our first review of the first Godzilla anime series, where it's like, okay, the the setup is there, the building blocks are there, what are they going to do with it? Will they do anything good with it? And, you know, I mean, there's some people that, you know, including Kevin's crazy ass over here, <laughs> who, <laughs> who would say yes. But, you know, for me, the the second and third of those films really just didn't deliver on what I wanted from that setup that i thought was actually pretty decent so you know we'll see i i i I, so part of my three is like a good faith three and you know i am expecting a lot of the i guess questions to be answered i kevin mentioned the kaiju messiah thing and that's like a cult that you know worships this kaiju messiah and we find out that it's uh it's boy and you know so I mean that that's an interesting place to leave off if you're going to leave off anywhere. So we'll see what the future holds. And apparently we're going to talk about that in 2022. <laughs> so well, will we get it alongside the uh Jordan Vote Roberts uh Gundam movie then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well like man, it's one of those things where it's like is this really going to happen? Like, I think the I, answer to that is no, but since I've said that, it probably will. <laughs> How long oh. ago was it that they got that Gundam license, though? That was a long time. That was years ago now. Again, that was something that they teased <laughs> Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> they did, yeah. That's maybe. true, yeah. For like a long, like it wasn't just like a minor shot. Like They, they stood there and they stayed on that statue for a hot minute <laughs> during oh, yeah. that movie. They wanted well, you they, to recognize that. There's an Anaheim electronics store in the background in in that movie also, so they were they were all about the Gundam nods. So, and then I, I and I feel like Jordan V. Roberts has been attached to a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's not even the only Japanese giant robot thing that he's attached to because he's also attached to Metal Gear. So, yeah, are there giant uh, robots in Metal Gear? Yeah, that's that's what the Metal Gears are. <laughs> huh. I beat Metal Gear Solids one and two. Are there metal? Ro- are there ro- big robots in those? Yeah. Oh wow. This was like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, we'll forgive you. It's fine. Um, and yeah, that's weird because that they just got they just got Oscar Isaac for that too, and it's like he's a big star. Why is this? What like is this still happening? Is Gundam happening after like? Who knows? I, like, I have no idea. Where do you fall on that, Kevin? Because like, I, I, I know nothing about Gundam, but I, I, I know a lot of people who are into Gundam, and a lot of them seem to feel that, you know, a, a Hollywood kind of blockbuster version of Gundam is going to lose a lot of the kind of, I guess, Im- soci- important socio-political Japanese stuff that I suppose that I, I guess is pretty prevalent in a lot of that franchise. That's, you know, if you're one of those universal century people that insists that the one year war is what Gundam is about. But I think that there's been so many different takes on Gundam over the years that frankly, they could do something very different and very interesting with it and not just adapt exact storyline from the 70s and and do something really cool uh that said 
there's a high chance that the studio decides to err on the side of caution and just readapt that same freaking story from the seventies. <laughs> and, and that I think is where it could fall on its face. And they would probably do that thinking that's what everyone want, like people familiar with it want to see. Yeah. Which so, <laughs> frankly in the U S more people know Gundam wing than the original Gundam. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Nami. Interesting. <laughs> Well, I mean, they tried. Uh, Sunrise actually paid Cartoon Network money to air old Gundam shows because Cartoon Network didn't want to air the old Gundam shows, and they flopped in the ratings. So yeah, I mean, there, there's something to be said with like it's it's true that especially Western audiences we we want the bright and glitzy and the the newer style animation or like special effects, and so uh, the, the older shows tend not to do super great. Yeah, and I mean, that's like why the, they, they keep reimagining them and doing doing newer things. So you don't have to go and watch the whole, you know, Amuro and Char thing. You can you can watch Gundam Seed or G Gundam or, or Gundam Wing or Gundam Age or however many other sequels there are you know, spiritual sequels there are out there that are just telling a, a new story. Or you could, you know, watch the one that that's just about people building Gundam model kits because there's multiple shows that are just about that. <laughs> huh. Well, uh, you know, we gave up, you know, we gave people a lot tonight. Um, we gave them vaccine talk. We gave them, uh, a, a sort of, um, bumpy <laughs> Pacific from the black talk. We gave them, some Gundam talk, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's that we gave people a meal for their ears. So now, <laughs> <Three> is, <courses. laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, is, now I think is probably a time to, to head on out. Um, and yeah, we'll see what, uh, quote unquote season two of the black, uh, will give us in a, a year or whatever. So, gonna be better than ultraman <laughs> i believe it all right bye everybody thank you for listening to the kaiju transmissions podcast please take a moment to rate and review us on itunes podbean and stitcher make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes you can also check us out on twitter at kt underscore podcast you can check us out on instagram and facebook at kaiju transmissions and you can email us at kaiju transmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments and we will see you next time